hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do... I think attempt sounds better. I don't know if that's because it's two syllables or just because attempt, what I'm going to try to do. I just got distracted. Like, uh, so hopefully I'll come back to that distraction to distract double distractions. Now I'm distracted by double distraction. What I'm going to try to do, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever is keeping you awake. I'm, I'm crossing both of my fingers, sets of my fingers, to try to remember to come back to those things. Don't worry. Uh, but, like, I want to take your mind off of stuff. If, if you're thinking, if you're up thinking, and that's keeping you awake, if it's a physical thing that's keeping you awake, if it's something emotionally you're dealing with, uh, if it's something, like, uh, temporary, like travel or cold or... Uh, your partner's got his stuff, you know, so their snore is weird. Like you say, well, that's their normal. This is a departure from their normal snore. You know, whatever it is, could be a lot of things. I hear from a lot of listeners going through a lot of different stuff, and I feel for you. I, I make that show, this show, like, uh, because uh, as opposed to that show, uh, the I feel for you show, I, 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 did, I didn't make that one. Uh, but I make this show because I've been there lying there. Uh, tossing and turning. And the safe places that I send my voice across the deep, dark night, I use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. I glide on wings of pointlessness, double distractions, uh, much like the show, I, the beloved TV show of my childhood, Double Dare. Uh, there's not really double the dares a very strong word for this podcast, but I would say like a mild, like a, I don't know, what's a mild version of a double dare? Uh, a double doll, double dare, double doll, a double doll. I guess, but a dare, it is something like, here's, here, there's usually two propositions. Well, that's also a strong word. Uh, two optional things they tell you about this podcast. If you're new here, one, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, but here's the two things. This would be if if this was if this was a podcast that used words like double dare and a double dare, a podcaster they could enunciate like Mark Summers used to double dare. Uh, the double dare would be you don't really have to listen to me. You can kind of listen. Because uh, the whole idea of the podcast is it takes your mind off of stuff, uh, whatever's been keeping you awake. Uh, but, you, like, you don't feel pressure to listen. So you say, well, like, can I, is he, he going to go back to, what was he talking about before Double Dare? Will he remember that he was talking about dual distractions or something? And once I get into the dual distractions, which you have to do with remembering stuff, which isn't my strong suit, uh, like, you'll be like, well, he is talking, and he's kind of, it'd say mildly funny is putting it strongly in his situation, but it's something like a, a mediocrity, not mediocrity. And I'd say, hey, let me throw your word here, tepid. I'd say tepid humor. You could say that. You could say lukewarm humor. Thank you. Wow, that was really neutral. Who would have thought in a situation of this podcast that lukewarm is more neutral than tepid?
the podcast to put you to sleep. Uh, so that's a double dare one. The double part, though, is that also, even though this is a podcast to put you to sleep, you're not under any pressure to fall asleep. Because uh, I've had a lifetime of shoulds, even around bedtime. Well, you should do that. Why can't you sleep? Well, you're not either you're not doing it right. And you say, okay, wait a second. I'm sorry. What do you mean I'm not doing it right? Well, do you, do you have a pillow between your knees? No, 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 I can't sleep because I keep thinking about this stuff and I can't get it off my mind. And then I, well, yeah, you, you need a pillow between your knees. That's why you can't sleep. You're doing it wrong. You should, you should have a pillow between your knees. And also, do you have a crossbreeze? Of course I have a crossbreeze. What do you think? I was born last week. I, that is just chill. So I don't know if you ever have conversations around sleep like that, but it can be frustrating. And that's why, I mean, and, and if you put me down and you said, how does this podcast work? I tell you, geez, I don't really know. Uh, but I know one thing that kind of works about it is that you you don't need to fall. Like you're under no pressure to fall asleep, fall asleep when you feel like it. Uh, this podcast, you know, it doesn't have to work quick for you. I'll be here an hour. And the reason I, you know, I really work hard to make this show because I care. And because I think the hard work is part of the, what works. But I think also... Uh, the fact that I'll be here for an hour, you know, then, then you say, well, I got an hour. I don't like you, you just just chill if you chill, uh, but you don't have you don't even have to chill. You don't not only are you under no pressure, it's a triple dare or like a bo- double dare bonus round. You know, also don't need don't need to chill. So you don't need to listen to me. It, but so, so you say, OK, wait a second. So this is a podcast, right? But podcasts are things you're supposed to listen to. Yeah, but not this one. You you, only, you don't really need to listen totally. And OK, so then you're you make a sleep podcast. So it should put me to sleep, right? Well, yeah, it could. It, it, may, it may put you to sleep, but you don't need any. It's you're under no pressure to fall asleep. And also, you pre- did you just pronounce fall instead of fall? I think I did. It, like when I tried to say double there. I've told you before, sometimes my mouth has Novocaine flashbacks, right? When I'm in the middle of talking, just hear that, right? That was, it wasn't even on purpose when I said middle. So, uh, what I was going to talk about though, if you'll indulge me, if you oh, let me explain if you're new here, the, the, uh, structure of the show. Uh, so the first five minutes of the show are what enabled us to make it. So we talk about our sponsors or patrons that support the show and everyone that works on the show. Uh, the hard work, uh, some work free that goes into keeping the show on the air. Uh, then we're about seven minutes into an intro that's usually between uh, 10 to 14 minutes. Uh, and I'd say like uh, somewhere around 40 to 60% of the listeners fall asleep during this part. Other people, they just ease into it, uh, but you, there's no pressure. And, you know, I don't want to throw any numbers around, like, because, you know, I'm inaccurate anyway. So it could be anywhere from 1% to 99% of listeners fall asleep during the intro. Uh, then after the intro, we'll have a story time. Tonight it'll be Super Doll Stories. So it'll be a, yeah episodic, uh, part of our episodic series. And then we'll cap it off with some thank yous and some good nights. So you could fall asleep, you know, you could stop listening at any point. You could fall asleep at any point. But if you can't, I'll be here. And, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Like, like it, right when I started the intro, I was trying to remember uh, the name of one of my old landlord's pets. And it was such a fuzzy, nice pet. And I, because I had seen my, 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 went to my old roommate Ann's show, Annie. 
with Natalie and, and the three of us used to live together with Bob and Patty. And that was in the e- e- Relay Races in East LA episode. But, uh, and we were like, what was the name of that sweet, sweet pet uh, that our landlord used to have? She had two of these pets. And they were mammal, furry mammals. I don't want, you know, I want to, you can create your own pet in your own mind. You know, they were the cutest, whatever you like. They were, they were one of the real cutie, fuzzy ones. But this, and this one had a, a real intense personality. And I couldn't remember the name of it. And then for some reason, my brain decided, right when I started the podcast intro, it said, huh, let me try to remember that dog's name. And so that was like a distraction. What did I say? A double distraction. Then I get distracted by Double Dare, which is a true. Also, if you're uh, not between 35 and 45, Double Dare uh, was a TV show on Nickelodeon. Which I guess that would have that was like a kids TV network uh, before like uh, I think they still have a channel uh, and it was a game show for kids and it was great and I think the whole purpose of the game show was uh, it was like obstacle courses and it was it was a huge part of my childhood I did meet I did know two people that went on Double Dare and won. I think they won a trip to Disney World, uh, John, and I don't know the other young man's name. Actually, John might have had a locker next to mine in high school. He was real nice. Uh, don't remember, like, uh, he, he always had a Levi's jean jacket. Maybe it was just middle school. Uh, but so, what was my point? Oh, welcome to sleep with me, the podcast to put you to sleep, uh. We do with a bedtime story, double, double distractions. But I, like, so I can't remember that animal's name. Um, I don't know, but, but I was more wondering why I just decided to come up right when I was trying to do the podcast uh, intro. So if you're new here, I think we covered it. I mean, in, <laughs> covered it in goo that ran right out my ears. Uh, but so this is a podcast to put you to sleep. You're under no pressure to fall asleep. I, you know, ideally... I put you at ease, and like, if you don't like the podcast, like, uh, give it a couple tries. Not everybody it doesn't work for everybody, and uh, like, I guess I'm like cilantro or something. Like the people that have a dis- taste for this podcast, it's pretty w- well worn, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. I mean, you don't have to reach out and and get a hold of me and let me know how much you do, but but uh, you know, for most most people that this podcast works for, I want you to feel at home. I want you to feel a little lightness around bedtime, or I'd like to. I guess, oh boy, I'm getting right into those shoulds. Holy Mark Summers. Uh, how about, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I wonder what Mark Summers is up to. He always seemed really nice. And always on Double Dare, to, 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 to go back to the distraction, they would they were big on pouring green slime on you. Also, there was, a like, a sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon, I think before Double Dare where that would happen. Whose line is it anyway? No, that's the, what, that's a, never mind. I, I don't know why that popped in my, that's a, a modern improv TV show. Wonderful, uh, Colin Mockery, Jeff B. Davis, and uh, Ryan Stiles, I think are all on there. I don't know what that Nickelodeon sketch comedy show was called. It was like kids doing sketch comedy, maybe, or maybe that's just the way my, my memory remembers it. Uh, but anyway, I don't know, like, uh, I'm, like, I'm glad you're here. Like, I'm going to ramble. I'm going to mutter. Uh, and I'm going to try to, like, uh, like be, keep you company. 
uh, at the foot of your bed here, you know, at a safe distance, uh, because I, I know what it's like to, to be up tossing and turning. I really would love to help you fall asleep. I appreciate your time. And, uh, like I said, I really yearn and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of Superdoll Stories, our uh, episodic series, truly episodic. Uh, each episode, a story told in an episodic form. <laughs> Sorry, I usually don't crack myself up, but just the idea of, uh, it, it always, like, I never remember that I need to prep for, for this one small part. And hence, they never do. I mean, they prep for almost all the other portions of the podcast, but for the episodic teaser, I mean, you're supposed to be sleeping, so there's really not much to tease. I mean, I'm the only one being, I'm teasing myself. Uh, But let's see, if you're new here or you're concerned, you can listen to these episodes in any order, just like any podcast episode. You're not going to miss anything. And if she said, she said, well, I really, you know, if I'm going to fall asleep, I really need to know. I, I, let me, okay, let me put your mind at ease. I understand. Believe me, that's my mind works the same way. Uh, so Superdoll was a team of superheroes. We did a series back, I think, in the pre-100 episodes. I can remember writing it in uh, this, like, maybe in the summer of uh, 2014, maybe. Uh, no, maybe it was April. I remember being on a plane and writing it. So that might have been April. And then the, the, also I remember the website crashed. Uh, it's just a little things that stick in your mind. But I think that was April of 2014 when I was writing the series. I'm not sure when it came out. But it was an early series we did about a team of superheroes. And these uh, Superdoll stories are stories uh, tangentially related uh, to the superhero team. And you can, like, uh, they'll all be evident uh, that they're stories, that they're episodic, self-contained stories. But if you're, like, a super fan of Superdoll, you like, uh, like or, or, you know, they're just, they're like, uh, huh. again, I, I, I guess I, I don't know, this, uh, I'll use my soothing tones. Why should I let my self-critic get bothered by any of this, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, tonight's episode will be another story in our series of stories that are episodic, so they could go in any order. Uh, Superdoll stories. And I've really been enjoying t- telling them thus far. And tonight's will be a, a, like a bit of a departure, as they all have, but this will be a bit of a departure from the departures. So welcome back to another episode. Any episode, by the way, because it's episodic. Of Superdoll stories. All right, everybody, we open tonight's episode with a montage, uh, in this case, a non musical audio montage, uh, slowly moving, uh, but still to try to paint multiple pictures. At, I actually don't know what the, this montage will uh, try to explain multiple things at once, uh, but as all good montages that open. With a giant uh, vista of a purple mountain, it looks like you'd say that kind of looks like Mount Fuji, but a little bit not as uh, symmetrical and a little bit less triangular. 
and you notice some rumbling, and maybe it's a little bit cartoonish, uh, you know, so we feel even further removed from the action, just observing from a safe, safe distance. And the mountain starts to rumble, and it's slowly tilting. And then we see the flashes of, like, of superheroes in the air, flying and moving quickly. And we sigh, as we observe, we sigh a breath of, you know, relief that the heroes are here. And as the montage plays out, we watch some of these heroes fly up and then fly straight down into the earth. And then the others kind of head towards the mountain. And then we see a familiar figure. There's a large village in the shadow of the mountain, as there usually is. It maybe even a town. I'd call it more of a town. And who was there in the center of town uh, telling everyone to remain calm? Uh, but our heroine, Electra, uh, I think there's one silent letter in her name, but Electra. And she calls the townspeople and she points to acti- heroic activity going on. And she calms nerves, she validates feelings, she talks with her hands, in her eyes, in her body language. She touches forearms and smiles and nods her head as people get the sense that she's being empathetically, you know, that present for them. And she's pointing and saying, you know, it's going to be all right. I think it's going to be all right. But she repeats it in different ways and in different languages. As this, you know, as towns, mountainside towns tend to have, you know, traffic from around the world. Uh, but people, you know, their their fear isn't totally gone because the earth still rumbles and the mountain still t- tips. It's kind of like a purple tower of Pisa, a little bit, I'd say, a little bit, I'd agree. And as Electra's yellow cape whips in the wind, you watch it and you wonder, it's whipping, but whipping in a hypnotic, gentle way. A little bit faster and more, you know, a little bit like a flag and a little bit like a pet's tail. They take the best qualities of both of those, put it into a cape, and put it on a heroine who's slowly calming the nerves. But her words are truthful because suddenly the rumbling increases and as things rumble down the mountainside... We see the lightning speed of stretchy arms catching things. We see the stretchy, well, I guess it's tough to say, but uh, like much like a stretchy rubber person, a rubber body uh, creating a dome over part of this, this town and deflecting anything, pebbles to rocks to boulders, bouncing off and back down into the base of the mountain. And that's our buddy Flex, flexing and stretching and uh, protecting this little town. And then we see the mountain tilt, and then we see the mountain tilt back. And if we look uh, 
At a secondary large size mountain, not far from that one, but maybe on the, the different, like, uh, something below. It, it seems more stable. We see another one of our heroines, nine. And, your, of course, your first impression might be like mine. Whoa, those are some uh, wonderful boats. And the reason you do notice the boats is because they're digging into the dirt and... They're creating traction against an unseen force, a force we're all familiar with, a force called gravity, which you can see in intenser gravity in Nine's face as she directs her attention and her focus towards the mountain. And if gravity was something we could see like she could, we would see her attempting to use gravity to maintain the mountain and to hold it in place from, you know, falling over and trying to return it with the mass of the mountain and the power of the gravity, it's back and forth. And sweat starts to bead on her bow, and soon Electra heads over to her. And she seems to check in. We're at a distance, so we can't quite make out what they're saying, but we could, you know, imply... Uh, because of Electra's prior behavior with the townspeople, Electra, by the way, we could imply that she's saying, she's, uh, how's it going? Uh, like maybe something more shorter than that, with uh, trying to keep the mountain, you know, nine saying, I'm trying to focus, uh, but, you know, it's not easy. And then we see Electra looking towards a little hole in the earth where our other heroes had shot up into the heavens and then shot back down. And if we followed a camera flying into that hole, soon we'd see our here another team of our team, a sub team, you'd say, tunneling through the earth with the power of fire at the hands of Carbon Man, melting the like uh, substrata of the earth, and at the same time. Uh, the power of cold, uh, cold, cold water is somehow being powered out of the hands of Lick, uh, cooling the uh, molten lava as a whole, you know, to, to make a stable tube. And behind them on a giant worm that some would say only exists deep within the mythology of the earth, rides two more, a heroine and a hero, Omaha, and Mesmaro riding a giant worm in pursuit of whatever is making this mountain shake. And then our four heroes enter a giant chamber, and, the, you know, the, the, they jump off of the worm, Mesmaro and Omaha, and are caught by the other two heroes with the power of uh, flight, by powered by, you know, we don't need to get into all the details. Everyone lands safely. The worm manages to kind of do like a little U-move and goes back into the earth. But we, deep within this giant chamber, we see something massive, 30 feet in the high, which seems to be a giant mole, mole, like, like uh, they say it's a mole, like, uh, like a big boss battle mole, not more like, uh, but a humanoidized mole creature, not intimidating, but cartoon-like, uh, but also looking like a lot of trouble. 
And soon Ms. Morrow is, is, is flying around with Garbin Man. He says, drop me on the head of the mole. Uh, but then the giant mole like reacts to the other heroes and starts spraying some sort of, uh, like, well, I'll explain it to you since I'm the narrator, quicker drying uh, mud uh, spray out of the fingertips of the giant mole. Uh, catching the heroes off guard and freezing them in a you know mudstone-like substance. So Omaha, uh, Carbon Man, and uh, uh, who's the other one? Lick, uh, uh, like on the ground of the chamber, kind of looking like those birds that build their nests out of it like that. But but you know the, their heads are visible as they watch Mesmero dance on the head of the mole, the giant mole bot. And the mole swipes at Mesmaro, and then Mesmaro casts some spells as the magic maker. Even has that a triangular magic hat somehow staying on his head. His flowing robes. He comes up with a carrot, but the mole doesn't see him. And then he tries a potato, and then he says, What is, I don't even know what a mole, and then the mole catches Mesmaro. And Ms. Morrow struggles, and then the other three heroes struggle. And then Ms. Morrow, like the mole brings Ms. Morrow towards its robotic, it's pretty clear it's some sort of, you know, robotic version of a mole, per, mole a giant mole person. Uh, but meanwhile, the three heroes are working hard, like, and in, in, it's pretty easy because uh, Omaha you know, she controls, like, creatures. So soon they burst out of their things, and the mole's trying to, uh, like, deal with Mesmaro. But then Mesmaro says, you know, the, you go beyond the chamber, see, you know, the, like, there's a bigger problem at hand, which is whatever's causing the mountain. So they run around the mole, and Mesmaro, like, uh, you know, for a second, Mesmaro thinks he'll act, this is actually his most heroic act, his last heroic act. Uh, but as he deals, sees the giant robot, you know, giant mole teeth, uh, they're known for their giant buck teeth. Uh, just one just barely nicks him, but then the mole stops. Uh, and looks at Mesmaro, and as the team runs by, you know, they find this, un of course, unprotected, just protected by the giant mole, this giant machine that, that was uh, molten the bedrock under the mountain. And it doesn't take long for a team of three superheroes to disable the machine, and with a hero with the power of fire, or heat, I guess Carbon Man has, and then a hero with the power of water uh, to quickly re reinforce the the bedrock that was uh, slowly being melted, causing the mountain up on the earth. Meanwhile, our friend Mesmaro, while he has a bit of a cut and is just a little one, uh, Nick, as I said, he's slipped out of his robe and... Uh, don't, don't want to be over-descriptive there. He is a wizard... Uh, and so we picture Gandalf without his robe, with his hat, and a small undergarment. But Mesmero's escaped, and as Mesmero gets ready to cast a spell, rockets in the boots or the shoes or the feet of the mole, mole bot or the giant mole bot erupts. 
And the Molbot takes flight right up to the tube of the four heroes' head, or whatever, however many heroes we have, had created. And, uh, you know, a rocket, giant Molbot rocket shoots up the tube. And then the heroes, they try to, and then they, uh, it takes them a second, you know, to check on Mesmaro and to finish uh, shoring up the bedrock, holding the mountain. Meanwhile, back on the surface, Electris continued to calm everyone nearby to contact major, you know, to contact everybody being affected. And the quaking has stopped in the mountain. While it has moved uh, with uh, the power of uh, nine, uh, the mountain has no longer, you know, it's, it's tilted in a new way that people will remember this day. Uh, but not in a way that would affect weather patterns or be, you know, of any, like, uh, concern to this village or any of the nearby people. Probably if we could predict the future, it'll become, like, a, a boon for tourism in the area, which could also be a bane, depending on your opinion of tourism. And uh, our good friend Stretch is returning all the boulders and, you know, making, you know, saying, geez, well, this 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 will look a little bit nicer now. And then Electra watches the mole rocket head uh, launch out of, uh, it doesn't launch out of orbit. It probably heads into the stratosphere, the meso, I don't know all my spheres, uh, but it curves off into the sky and she could calls to like a to flex in uh, nine, and as they're getting together, the other heroes fly out of the hole. And Electra has a quick talk with Mez, Mez not Mesmaro, excuse me, with uh, Flex. Can you try? And they say no. We got to get back to base. So then the heroes take flight, uh, flying by their different methods and assisting the heroes that cannot fly. And normally, this is like they're going very fast because they're in a hurry. Uh, because the, uh, the, the, also the mole is going so fast that they're, they're, they're by the time, I mean, you gotta, it takes a few, even for heroes, it takes a few seconds to get moving. So they fly towards the base, and in this particular journey, they happen to be flying on a, uh, I don't know, I guess you'd call it a, uh, like, similar at some point to, uh, like, when you could get those inflatable islands they have now that people might have at a lake or a pool. Maybe they're too big for a pool. Uh, there's uh, Some of the, hero, the non-flight heroes are lying on a piece of uh, earth, Initially, it looks like earth, and it has dirt to make it more comfortable and some sod. Uh, but what makes it structurally sound, you know, is obviously the power of heat and the power of cold. I mean, deep within it is probably some sort of basalt or obsidian uh, covered in dirt. You know, I don't file, I don't, my only job is not narrating the adventures of this uh, hero team. So I don't have all the answers, but they lounge. There are actually a couple of them are playing uh, croquet and, uh, you know, arguing and laughing, you know, to, to take a little bit. And uh, some are sleeping, some of our heroes. 
And is this piece of verse, uh, you know, one of the heroes doesn't get to rest. Uh, that is uh, uh, nine in this case, though they take turns. This is just one particular mode of flight. They're a team. They're, they're a true team, as we saw in that montage, action montage. And they're headed back to their base. And as they head to their base, which is all, all good bases are, an island. Electra sits up from uh, resting her head uh, on the grass while she was, you know, calculating uh, the most pristine uh, uh, victory, whatever, when you pull something. or I don't know how, what the rules are in croquet, but she was planning hitting a wicket or something. She was had her head on the ground to aim. Suddenly her head shoots up and she and she stands upright and she says, stop, 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 stop the, uh, uh, you know, giant earth, or, you know, she just says stop, but she means the giant earth and ship that they're on or whatever you'd call it, a, a flying patio, I don't know. And then there's some chitter chatter and some discussion and someone says, well, what's wrong? And Electra says, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. We, we, uh, there's something going on at base. I, I can sense something is wrong in there. Uh, well, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, we, we, we got to get to base to check on that giant flying mole. Well, no, no, we need, uh, there's something wrong. We need to land. Uh, uh, let's get on that, the, that island is that where, where we keep, uh, you know, the stopover island. Oh, the, the island where we keep all our water reserves. Okay. So they head down to the, you know, island not far from their island base. Of course, their island base is just distant in the horizon. Just enough clouds around it to make it cinematic. And as they land, Flex is looking, and he, I think he even has the ability to make his skin, like he's a stretchy, like a one of those heroes, his skin is flexible and he even has ability to make binoculars out of his hands, somehow stretching some of his skin into a lens or maybe his cuticles. I don't know, but he looks and he breathes. He says the shield is still, uh, the, the shield's still up at the base. The shield's still up there. Uh, well then shut it down. No, no. Uh, well, uh, 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 it's just weird. It shouldn't be up. It should. It should have dropped, uh, like about twenty miles ago. The shield should have come down. Okay. Well, this isn't good. Let's um. Let's do a low level approach, and we'll. Uh, I mean, how close can we get to? Can we land on any part of the island? Yeah, we can land on a part of the island, on the backside of the island. We could land there. The bit. The shield's not there. Um. Yeah, let's just do that. Okay, well, then why? I don't understand why we did. Why, okay, let's just go. Okay, let's go. Let's get this move. Oh, we're already moving. Oh, that's good uh, that we have our own. Why do we need an island when we have. Uh, well, we need an island because I'm exhausted. I've been flying us. I'm, I'm running out of gas here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I understand. I'm sorry about that. Okay, well, okay, so let's land here. Now, um,. So, so flex are, are is so are all the defense if the ba if the shield's still up that means all the defenses are still up and they're yeah they're they're 
they have all our weak points. So, um, yeah, if the shield's still up, all the defenses are still up. Well, I thought our communicators had, uh, uh, you mean our implants? Well, I thought our communicators were like a location aware, so the shield would just drop down. Uh, their implants not communicate. Okay, we don't have time to discuss that right now. Uh, Flex, what's happening? Well, yeah, there's supposed to be a location aware. I don't understand. Um, uh, okay, well, uh, can can you send? Can we send a, a signal to like lo, like open the car door garage or whatever? I mean, we should be able to, but it, like I'm I'm thinking of putting the shield down. It's not going down. Well, oh. Well, if I wonder if our communicators are working. Does anybody know if their communicator's working? Uh, you're standing too close to me. Okay, we'll, we'll walk, walk a few feet away then. I can still hear you talking. We'll just keep walking. I can still hear you talking, though. We'll walk a few, walk further away. I can still hear you. Well, can you hear me now? I can still hear you, but not over the... Okay, the communicators aren't working. I could... I could hear you whisper. I couldn't hear anything. Okay. Is anybody you think their communicator's working? No, the communicators aren't working. Okay. Well, so our communicators are down and we're locked out. So we're locked out of our base like we don't have any key. Do we have a set of keys uh, to uh, uh, to get to the base without our communicators? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, we, we don't have... Uh, no, that's to prevent any, you know, that's to keep the base secure for only, uh, uh, we're the only designated people allowed to access it. Okay, so we don't have any spare keys to get into the base. That's great. Uh, so, is it, are these battery powered? How, how, all our batteries could not have gone out at the same time. No, that's that's unlikely. I, I detected something in the base. There's something. There's a, there's a presence in there, or some more presence. That, uh, there's some. There's something going on. Okay. Well, we need to tell Nag then. We should split up and we'll go tell Nag, and uh, then we'll go get help and see if they have uh, because it could just be uh, that maybe they could uh, unlock the base for us. Uh, without our communicators, I don't see how we're going to, like, how do we ever get back a hold of you? Uh, what do you mean? Well, what if we don't get our communicators on, and then we can't get a hold of you, and then we don't know where you are? Where would we know where to meet? Um, uh, but yeah, we could, I guess we could set a time, but we don't, does anybody, oh, we don't all have, there's no pockets on these, except for these, I don't have any. I mean, they because we don't need any phones because we had these communicators, and then, right? Uh, oh, so I don't know if we should split up just yet because if we don't have a way to communicate, then what if we get in the base and then you're gone, and then we can't get? I mean, I guess if we could figure, it, what about the way we used to sneak in and out of the base, like the back door? Can't we just get in the back door of the base? Uh, no, we reinforce the back door of the base. Um. Oh dear, I'm getting something. I'm getting, I'm sensing uh, the nag uh, early warning station. They're getting, they're getting a message about us. Uh, I think they're coming. Oh dear. They're coming to defend the base. Nag's getting ready to launch. 
Okay, this is so. What about Flex? What about that uh, back door? Back door to the base we made. Yeah, that's still defended. Um, with the ma- I mean, we still need it. It just doesn't track our communicator. Um, but it's still shielded. But we might be able to. We could still get in that room. Okay, well, we have a problem because Nag has launched, so we are going to have to split up. Uh, I'm going to need some of you to to just create a distraction for Nag. Maybe I could create a bug camouflage, uh, and we could keep disappearing uh, with uh, Ms. Maro's portal spell. And Lick, we could use your, uh, like, uh, you use water. We we will decorate a distraction. We will keep them chasing us. Ms. Morrow can make other team members with power. With the power of illusion. I will not, yes, I will help us keep Nag chasing us. And then when you get everything turned on, then you could call us by our communicators. Well, Ms. Morrow, what happened to your neck? Oh, the mole uh, got me right on my neck, uh, right actually where the where the implants are. Oh, wait a second! The mole took your implants. That's how we're locked out of the base. It must have somehow hacked into the firmware and shut the rest of our our implants down. Oh dear! That is no that. So the mole was an illusion to steal my implant. Okay, I hate to break this up, but you, you need, you, Ms. Morrow, Omaha, and Lick, I need you to go, and I need you to, 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 to keep, keep, keep Nag moving. Okay, we are on it. Uh, let's go, Miss. Let's go, you guys. Uh, we'll keep them chasing us across the globe, away from the base. Okay, for the defense of Earth, as uh, for this, yes, we, we'll just go. Uh, we'll do the team building later. Okay, so so here's okay. Let's let's read it. Let's let's. So we have we're locked out of the base. Someone's hacked into the base and locked us out uh, because of Ms. Morrow's communicator. Uh, yeah, and uh, Carbon Man, you're awfully quiet. Uh, yes, I am. I'm. I mean, this is my first mission, believe it or not, with your team. As uh, so, I'm a little. Uh, intimidated oh miss morrow okay so so we're locked out of it could it be mole pe- it was a giant mole do you think it's some sort of, do you think it, there's no such thing as mole people that is not true that was a robotic mole with rocket shoes and clearly uh anyway shouldn't we get to the didn't you say something about a double back door yeah, so we can't get into the back door, but sometimes me and Lick come out because we can get into the security system and watch you guys on the inside of the base. And we just usually don't worry; we don't watch any. We just watch the common areas, and we may, we we do like it's a, we pretend it's a TV show or a game show, and we narrate it. I'm sorry. What did you What did you say? We watched the common room footage, like when you guys were watching TV or eating, and then we we like do dialogue because we we just keep it on mute, and then we'll we'll make jokes about you know we'll say oh by the power of magic pass me the salad dressing, oh well okay well let's go watch and see what's going on within the base. 
Okay, Flex, you put on the headphones and let us know what's going on in there. It's the siren and the professor have broken into our base. Yeah, so they're uh, so they're pretending to be us, and they said that there's a team of uh, imposter heroes here, probably from another dimension, and they've sent Nag to to uh, so Nag's on full alert against us. Oh well, that is very tricky of them. But what could the siren and the professor want? Uh, what are they? What do you think they're up to? Uh, the professor's trying to get in because they're deep space space relay, and then the siren she's practicing like uh, I guess she's learned this like uh, remember that was one that one set of aliens that everyone was talking about the ones that we got all the like their signals came in. And then we say they accidentally sent out that that like that French record kept playing, and they were hearing that, and then it ended up that they were not pleasant like that they were uh, like they had such sophisticated advanced uh, weapon systems. So we just said, well, let's not uh, play that. Remember all that? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. So what are they doing? I guess was my question though. Not a. Uh, and so much, what are they doing? What is their plan? I mean, I think they're like, I think the siren is going to pretend she's the French singer and contact the aliens, and then they're going to have them come and they're going to direct them into the asteroid belt. It's just a simple siren plan. So they're going to direct them to the asteroid belt right on the outside, and then, you know, uh, take the weapon systems from their ship after it crashes into the asteroid belt. Well, the, when, when the aliens know that when they hear that, the thing is, like, uh, it worked into their mythology, so they can't think straight when they hear this. It's like a 1930s French, she's singing it now. See, it's very pleasant. So then they're going to steal the advanced technology and, what, conquer Earth for the mole people? Uh, I mean, they're going to conquer. I don't know about the mole people. That might have just been another trick they were using. But, yeah, they're going to try to conquer Earth. And, uh, I mean, they'll have advanced technology. And the professor is actually pretty smart. Um, Looks like he's still trying to get a couple of the calculations because the subspace relay, he's got to do a wind adjustment to get it and then make sure it's amplified. Otherwise, it'll go too slow. Well, we need to stop them. Why, what are we going? Okay, I thought it took forever to get messages out into space. Well, yeah, now with this amplifier, it like uh, uses it just uses ions. It just uses ions to make it go faster. Yeah, once he gets that message out, then the aliens will be on the way. Like, so then we'll have to stop. I mean, I guess as long as they crash into the asteroid belt, that we like. Uh, we won't have to deal with them, and we could just dispose of their weapons, I guess. Well, just because they have an advanced weapon system doesn't mean it's okay to let them crash into an asteroid belt. Uh, if you, because they're blindly chasing a, a, the siren, pretending she's a French singer. Uh, that was once. That was just like space garbage, right, or something. Oh dear, this is not good. So, uh, oof, okay, here's a. Where where's the antenna mounted? Uh, it's mounted mounted on the roof. Okay, and the shield. Uh, is there a way for us to interfere with the antenna? 
Yeah, but they'll just figure it out when the aliens don't show up. Like they're, I think they're monitoring. Well, okay. So the alien. Okay, I think I have a plan. Then I think I have a plan. Let's uh, let's get to the roof of the base, and I have a plan. And actually, I can get into this workstation. So I don't think we need to get on the roof. I can probably um. Let me just see if this old password works. Okay. Yeah, so I'm tapped in to the mechanical controls, so I could just uh, uh, aim it. Um, well, I'm just going to go up there and bend it. I, I, you, you're just taking too long. I just, I, actually, I just bent it with gravity. I bent the thing. Yeah, so just send them a signal that it's still working fine. Okay, I send a signal. It's still working fine. They're getting ready to send a message. Uh, so what's the plan now? Okay, so here's the plan. Carbon Man and uh, Nine, I want you to create a list in the cinema into the, and then in, and then resume and red eyes. And then we're going to go us in the base, and then we're going to send a message. Okay, Flex? Uh, okay, I think I got the plan. Uh... How long till the plan's revealed? Well, not very long. Uh, I just I just need to, um, I guess, let's see. Let's give me some grass, and I will get into my outfit, and, and you three get, get going, and I will meet you right back here in just one second. And I'll just knock on this door. Hello. Hello. How, man? Hello. Hello. Okay, that's pretty good. Hello. Hello, I'm... Hello. Is this the door to your base? Hello, is this the door to your base? Hello. Trying to access your base. Ah, yes. Who are you? I am a representative of Nebula 43 Horseshoe B... And I got your message uh, to to come hear your concert. Uh, no, 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 we wouldn't can't do. Hmm. Oh, we could, one second, I'm sorry. She's still singing. Yes, we are coming to hear your concert. We got your invitation. No, 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 we did not invite you. I'm the professor. And we were inviting someone from a few light years nearby. So thank you so much. Oh, well, that's a shame. We came here at a super, you know, FTL drive. We have been here. Uh, well, who are you with? Oh, uh, the, like uh, the defender of our planet, uh, Rocktar. Oh, who is Rocktar? Only the greatest hero of heroes, the eater of planets, uh, of small planets. Rocktar, we'd love to come in and hear your uh, concert, though. Well, where is Rocktar? Oh, Rocktar, there seems to be some shield around your base, and Rocktar doesn't like it. Uh, Rocktar does not like uh, plasma shield technology. Well, that's a shame. Well, Rocktar is also a giant rock creature from our planet. Uh, he, oh, you, you put your camera over my shoulder and you will see. Well, that is a giant rock creature, much giant than my flying mole. 
Holy moly, with the glowing eyes. And is, is that a tongue sticking out? Yes, it is a tongue, because Rakta he is with his tongue. We would love to come inside and hear your singing so much that we would do whatever you wish. And as I said, Raktar, he's capable of, like, we flew here on Raktar uh, because of technology within the rocks that make him, that cause him to propose. I, I don't understand. Raktar is actually much, he's quiet, but much more intelligent than I. Oh, yes, well, we should do, I guess, we should let you in the base then. What do you mean, no, don't let them in the base, uh, my dear? I'm sorry, the singer, she says she, you could hear her from out there. I will know Raktar wants to come into the base uh, to see. We we were also monitoring your plant from afar, and Raktar took a shine to a flying creature on our planet we called the Sweet Siren Goddess uh, with his giant shiny teeth. It was what it would say in your language. Also, we have an armada of ships on the way with very high technology that will land in your ocean. So, but they are not waterproof. Uh, We have already sent the orders, so they will be landing nearby. But they will be camouflaged, so we will only be able to show them where you are. But that's only if Raktar is happy. Raktar wants to hear the singing. Oh, okay. Yes, I will lower the shields. Oh, because you are willing to lower the shields, why don't you come out and I will trust you. We do not need to come in. That was a test to see if you are trustworthy by lowering the shields. We don't need to come into your your headquarters. You are the heroes of this planet. Come out and sing for Raktar. Raktar will dance for you. It will bring you joy. And then you, your planet will know you, you and your singer could rule us with the spell of your song and the power of your mind. It would be an honor to serve you here on your planet. Oh, this is working out excellent. Okay, my dear, let's go outside. Uh, my singer is here. I need to precede her, so I'll come out the same door. Hello, Hello. you are a human, but you are with a giant rock. Yes, I am a human, and you are, were you, oh, wait a second, there's something, that's right, you're frozen by my power, Professor. Oh, dear, you've caught me. Yes, you fell into our trap, and now, where's the siren? I thought she was right behind you. She didn't, she didn't like me bossing her around, she didn't, she thought something was up. But that, I didn't know you had a giant, oh, it's just a woman that can control gravity. And, oh, the fire eyes are from your new carbon man. And you, Professor, are under arrest. And, uh, Flex, get inside the base and, uh, lock things down. Oh, no, the uh, giant mole is rocketing away from the base. Oh, yes, that's my giant mole, and the siren is taking it. Uh, please don't shoot my mole down. Oh, we, we, we just we need to make sure we can get into our base. You locked us out. Uh, it wasn't very nice of you. Oh, you shouldn't have uh, 
made it so easy to take your implant, and then I just canceled that. I shut down all your other implants. Well, Professor, I hope you are ready to, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if they do. Do they do trials for the super? But uh, we're, we're going to uh, turn you over to NAG once Lex gets a hold of them and turns all our communicators on. And, I, you know, I, I'm not an officer of the court, so I could just ask these questions out of my curiosity. So are you a servant of the mole people, or are you just obsessed with the mole people? Oh, well, uh, I think, uh, yes, I find the mole people uh, uh, to be both uh, symbolic and, uh, yeah, just like the teeth. The, the, the teeth of a mole, of a robotic mole in particular, or a crafted mole. Uh, they seem to have a power to both calm and say, what, what is up with those teeth? I've always, and I said, those are teeth are not uh, for eating, they're for digging. And I consider my mind a mind, and not just for consuming, but for digging, digging for truth. Or in this situation, the truth that, that the human beings can no longer sustain themselves and that they need someone to rule the planet like myself and whoever I would choose to rule at my side. But, Professor, you just fell right into our trap. Or did I, or did I let the siren escape? No, I don't. The siren escaped on her own because she didn't trust you. Oh, yes, I mean, I've, I guess maybe I've spent too much time within the earth because I, had, uh, I have a whole thing down there. And it's quite nice, and uh, I do like being in the earth, but not for too long. You should come down there sometime. It's very good for circulation, and, you know, it's warming. So any any ailments, I don't know if you're heroes, you're always doing your hero stuff. Uh, you must get sore. You go down there, and you won't be sore anymore. Uh, it does not do good. It gives you headaches, a little, and uh, it's not good for your eyesight. Uh, you get a lot of artificial lights. So seasonally, you know, you can get at least, you don't see sunlight. It can affect you. I get moody down there. I don't know. I may have lost my edge being deep in the earth, uh, and that's why you caught me. So I guess the mole turn as the worm turns, so did the mole. I thought my plan was flawless, but now I see it was riddled with holes. And you saw right through them once again, bested by the team of supers that protects the Earth at all costs. That's right, in Earth's hour of greatest need, which is currently, you know, now, now that we've become, because Earth, you know, Earth's hour of greatest need has, you know, been bumped up a lot. We're here uh, to stop the world from... Uh, uh, not people like you, the professor, it's just your actions that are wrong and your, I mean, the way you do things and your choices and the thoughts guiding your choices. But deep down, I'm sure, uh, behind all that professor, uh, me, but anyway, you'll be, the, the, you'll have the nag has a process of dealing with you. So. I guess we've learned too. don't just rush in to save stuff without looking Huh, I don't know exactly what we learned, that Mez got his, like, uh, I guess we need spare keys. If there's a lesson here, uh, Flex, write that down. Hide a set of spare keys on that island with the water. 
and then hide another one by somewhere on this base uh, where we could all find it and we know where it is. I wish there were still phones that we could use because I'd say hide quarters for everybody, but that won't work anymore. Maybe some of those disposable cell phones. Are you writing this down? Uh, no, I can. Rem- I think I'll remember it. So I guess that's your lesson. Always have a spare set of keys. A good, good, good night, uh, Professor. Now, like, because uh, it's actually like uh, everybody's tired. We've been in a big action day, and we got to get in the base and call. But we, we have a spot for you in the base too. So it's time to rest. Thank you so much. And I, I guess we'll do those cute little moles that you said with their cute, just digging, persistently digging to a nice den where they're nice and warm and snuggled in, right? That's what they always do. They do snuggle and share body warmth. And they cuddle in and they get comfy. And they drift off to sleep too. Thanks, everybody, and remember your spare keys. I want to say thanks and good night to everybody sponsoring Patreon, Alice, uh, Charlotte, and Nyla. Thanks and good night. Uh, Kevin uh, B. and Kathy, thank you and good night. Ed B., uh, Cameron T., and Robert B., thank you and good night. Uh, Kenneth, Guadalupe, and Claire, thank you and good night. Uh, Jennifer C to the F, uh, Madeline, and K, thank you and good night. Justin G, Robert B, and Robin G, thank you and good night. Frank P, Jossie M, and Deirdre K, thank you and good night. Okay, Amanda H, uh, Caitlin S, and Nissa R, thank you and good night. Uh, Marcus, Corey, and Melissa. Nicola, Christian, and Julie, thank you all and good night. Uh, Jean F, Lori R, and Lynn F, uh, thank you, thank you and good night. Jennifer G, Michael P, and JF, thanks and good night. Uh, Deanna L, uh, Hannah H, and uh, Roberta C, thank you and good night. Kristen, Amanda, and Nanette, uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Sherry uh, Doran and Nick, thank you and good night. Uh, Nancy, Joni, Charles, and Vicky, thank you, thanks and good night. And then on PayPal, Joanne, thanks and good night. Karen, thank you and good night. Luke, thank you and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Gretel and Philip, thanks and good night. Cara, thanks and good night. Catherine, thanks and good night. Sylvie, thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Sharon. Thanks and good night to Scott. Uh, thank you, Samantha and Deborah. Uh, Chris L. Thanks and good night. Kirsten. Thanks and good night. Amy. Thank you and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Derek and Martha. Martha and Anne. Uh, thanks and good night to Elizabeth. Uh, Jonathan, with an M. Uh, Alyssa Z, thank you and good night. Kim H, thank you and good night. And Christine S, thank you and good night. And then over on Venmo, uh, Venmo Priya, thanks and good night. Talia, thank you and good night. Uh, Dex, thank you and good night. And Dante, double thanks and good night. Uh, uh, cracked me up, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks and good night. <laughs>